Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Michigan, and uh, this second hour, I got three great tapes for you. Best of Car Radio. Uh, we got uh, Tanner Faust, who is going to be talking about the VW Golf R. This is one of the new cars featured at the Chicago Auto Show. We were just talking about the last hour. Uh, there's an all new VW Golf GTI on the floor there, an all new uh, Golf R. Yeah, spectacular looking cars. We're going to talk uh, this hour with Tanner Faust who is a race car driver and spokesman for uh, VW about that new Golf R. We'll also be talking about a couple of Porsches. Porsche is an interesting company these days, um, uh, uh, introducing electric cars uh, to their lineup for the first time. We talked about some of those EVs in the first segment today, and the Porsche Taycan was one of the 11 electric cars that was in the car and driver EV1000. I believe it finished uh, fifth in their four-state uh, tour. So speed doesn't necessarily translate into efficiency in the electric car game. Uh, but we're going to lead off here the second hour, uh, an interview I did with Patrick Long, uh, race car driver extraordinaire with Porsche. Uh, we were down at Road Atlanta together driving the all-new Porsche, Porsche 911 GT3. You can read all about that experience in my Detroit News column uh, that came out this week. Uh, spectacular car, I think the baseline car for supercars in the country. Uh, so I, I sat down with Patrick Long to talk about it. All right, this is Henry Payne with 910 AM. The Superstation having a good day at the office at Road Atlanta Raceway, uh, testing the all-new Porsche 911 GT3. In a lot of ways, the, um, the, the top-of-the-heap uh, driver's car for uh, Porsche enthusiasts, uh, uh, non-turbo, normally aspirated, 4-liter, 400-plus horsepower. We're joined by Patrick Long, who will be familiar to Porsche folks, one of the great drivers in recent Porsche history. Patrick, how are you? Good. Good to be on, and uh, not a bad day at the office. <laughs> yes, yeah, good, good place to be. We've been uh, chasing you around this track uh, this morning. Uh, you're driving a Turbo S. Uh, we're driving this all-new... All 
uh, GT3. Uh, just take it from there. What's the difference between a GT3, about $160,000 car, and a Turbo S, which is about a $160,000 car? Yeah, I mean, to break it down, the Turbo S is my ideal daily driver. Um, it kind of gives you everything, comfort, uh, instant acceleration, big horsepower numbers, all-wheel drive. It's the sort of do-all um, top of the, the the chain for us at Porsche. And then the GT3 is our lighter, leaner, naturally aspirated rear-wheel drive track performance car. And it's stiffer. Um, it's a little less versatile in its usage. Um, for the people who really like an emotional, visceral drive, they daily drive these cars. But for an old soul like me who's been <laughs> on the racetrack for three decades, I would probably take it as my weekend car in the canyons. Or if your buddies are going to a track day and you want to lead the pack, then this is the chosen weapon for driving to the track as is putting your helmet on and really pounding the car all day long and achieving numbers that any street legal car will put up on a, on a racetrack. And, and a lot of guys like that down here at Road Atlanta. Road, Road Atlanta's big metro area, growing metro area, uh, and, and a lot of folks are coming out here to the driving club, which is a new uh, club for folks that can buy a GT3 and do exactly what you say, drive a half hour, an hour from wherever they live in the metropolitan area, go out on track, uh, three times, as much as three times a month. I mean, is there is there a better Porsche uh, in, in your mind to, to do that kind of activity? No, uh, the GT3 is, is bred for the racetrack. It's almost what we would consider a homologation car where um, the car that I race uh, on the weekends in IMSA racing here at the Petit Le Mans or the Sebring 12 hours, that is our GT3R, our sort of flagship race car. and. Basically, the, the starting point of suspension, tub, powertrain is the same for our streetcar. So it is track bred that we, we pride ourselves at Porsche on the street to track transfer. So no, the GT3 would be your chosen weapon for uh, the club here. And you know, the part that I'm most passionate about uh, driving for a company like this and, and having the GT3 as a streetcar that's functional on the racetrack is there are a lot of high-performing cars on the market and they put up great numbers in 0 to 60 and slalom course numbers and even lap time but the difference is some other cars might not be able to repeat that 5, 6, 10, 30 laps in a row session after session day after day I mean it limits the consumables of brake and tire wear um, it's a it's a more efficient ride because it's a lighter weight car and those are the places that Porsche sort of bred themselves in the mountains of Austria um, with a, a 356, which was in its time in the 50s, a very lightweight car, low horsepower, but in the Titan twisties, it could run with anything out there that was sometimes twice as the horsepower. And I think that the heritage of Porsche in how the DNA has transferred over decades, that's essentially what we're still doing with the GT3. We're up against big bore, more cylinders, turbocharged, supercharged, etc. And we've stayed old school, 9,000 RPM, high revving, very emotional. And so you can hear it in my voice when we're out here on the track. It's an adrenaline fueled day. And the best part about a, a toy is the toy that can run all day long. That, that is remarkable. I mean, it, it, I, I do some racing out here. And with a bespoke race car, you expect it to go hard for a half hour all day long. Uh, we go out here and just hammer this thing. We're going to be doing three sessions today, three half-hour sessions. Uh, I can think of very few 
uh, road-ready cars that, that can do that kind of performance and maintain the, the heat. Does that really come down to, to Porsche's racing history, that they're, 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 they're really specking these cars for the track from the get-go? I think so. I think the uh, mindset of motorsport development and cutting your teeth at the 24 hours of Le Mans, the 12 hours of Sebring, the 24 hours of Daytona, these are the pinnacles of sports car racing where the demands on the car, the demands on the team, those are what develop processes that create success and there's so much lineage, there's so much carryover from generation to generation of a 911. If you line up a, a 1964 debut 911 um, and, and you look at the next five body styles and line it up next to this current 992, the car that we're launching today, uh, you see the evolution. You see that the actual greenhouse and the design of the body has, has remained intact. And I think that we started with a very good product and we've continued to build upon that. And I'm very proud of, of the work that the development teams do. And they're not just motorsport focused. You have a complete staff of test drivers who are testing in the Sahara Desert. They're testing in the North Pole and everything in between. And it's, it's great. I live in Los Angeles and I'll be out driving early in the morning, um, driving one of my air-cooled cars. And, and I'll see two Sport Turismo Taycons that have not really debuted on market, but they'll be in Los Angeles. I know who the test teams are. They're guys from Germany that are basing themselves in LA and putting massive amounts of miles and really testing every single scenario of these cars. And that's the perfection of why I think German cars are so great. They're so rock solid. Um, I, I'm one of these OCD types of people that any squeak, any creak, any vibration freaks me out. And I get used to these cars. These cars spoil me because even after 200, 300,000 miles, they're still just rock solid tight. And, and that's talking about hardware. In a day and age where software development and fuel economy numbers and everything really sucks up a lot of the journalism, I wish we talked more about fit and finish, about touch points, about the emotional, the leather that you touch, um, the seats that you sit in, the driving position. Um, those are the types of things that I think a motorsport focused company brings to their product that they put out on the road. Yeah, and, and you really feel it when you're at uh, uh, pushing the envelope on the track. I mean, the, the, the car is so solid, so stable. Uh, it's, it's, it's incredibly easy to drive. I mean, I, you know, you and I came off there in a half, in after a half hour. We're not sweating. You know, the upper arms aren't hurting. I mean, it's a, it's a very easy car to drive on track. Um, a long time ago, 911s very tail happy. You got the engine out the back. These days, uh, Porsche also makes a mid-engine car, the Cayman, also a, a very track-ready variant, the GT4. Uh, uh, talk to folks a little bit uh, what the difference is between those two cars, a Cayman and a Porsche, in terms of uh, driving at uh, nine tenths. Yeah, I think the mid-engine platform that, that started in the late 90s with uh, the development of the Boxster, our, our open-top Spider, uh, a lot of heritage in mid-engine open-top cars, all the way dating back to the 550s and the namesake 718, which we were running in the 60s. Um, there's a whole different science to mid-engine cars. Um, personally driving them, there's a lot of pluses and minuses. They're just different. I am such an old school fan of the 911 and, and how the, the mass on the rear of the car allows for 
great traction. It also allows for you as a driver to trail the brake into the corner a lot more intensely than a front engine car because now when you put all of that weight on the front two tires from really hard late braking and turning into the corner with brake pressure, that can sometimes overload the front tires. But with the engine in the rear, that of course counterbalances that extreme track entry. And so I'm a, I'm a late breaker, I'm an aggressive turning guy. And so I've developed my craft with 911s. And when I get into a mid-engine car, uh, the balance is very stable, it's very neutral. Um, the direction change is very crisp, so it's a, a different driving style. You can roll more speed in and not have to keep that weight over the front. But again, the, the con might be that with mid-engine cars, I'm sometimes a little critical of if they do step out or they get a little bit nervous on the racetrack, it, it happens more intensely. And, and that, that polar moment comes in a, in a quicker, it, it probably takes more to step over that threshold, but once you do, it's a bigger moment. But you know, mid-engine brings a lot of convenience as well. Um, you know, the, the great thing is you have a, a front and a rear um, trunk, so you get more space. The Cayman being sort of the hardtop version of the Boxster and the Evolution, I love the look of it. Um, I think it's one of the best looking cars out there and definitely a little sleeker, a little bit more balanced in sort of the roof lines. But it's hard to it's hard to pick one. Uh, I'm fortunate that I get to sample a, a few of these cars when they come out and, and give my feedback. For but for the most part, uh, racing is my main focus. And days like this are a treat for me when I get to work with guys like you and um, talk about these cars and also hear your guys' experiences with other manufacturers. I'm a I'm a complete study and and student of of all cars and. You know, I'm not. I'm not only thinking that Porsche is, is the the choice. There's there's other stuff out there that is great to learn about from from you guys being here in town. Um, one one other quick story about motorsport and and racing, um, and and that compared to street development, Wolfgang Ulrich, who was the sort of motorsport chief in command uh, when Audi had its domination at Le Mans and sort of the early 2000s through. Um, you know, I guess over a decade, mm -hmm. if my memory serves me correct. But one time he went on record and said, yes, motorsport is great for a, a company like Audi. Um, it's great for marketing. It's great for client entertainment. It's great for communication strategy. But he said, actually, what motorsport, uh, you know, I can't think of, of a company like Audi or Porsche without motorsport is the development of competition. So the, the team, the engineers, um, the scientists, the the masterminds behind the race cars, they are so passionate about beating um, the the competition on the weekend that they put in the hours and the time and the acute focus that they could never really request or ask a, a normal car engineer to do. And that's purely out of that intent to win. And so he says it's it's such value for, for a company on the, on the development side. And so that's why I think that companies like Porsche who race also can evolve their at least their sports cars um, that much quicker. Yeah, and they've and they're really it's it's amazing how their standard is still set by Porsche. Um, I mean, you see major changes at other manufacturers like Corvette, who uh, were really struggling to uh, keep up with the grip of the 911. You talk about had to go mid-engine, I think, to really evolve. Uh, with the species. Um, there, there are some things on this car that are exclusive to a production car. Your race car does not have uh, rear wheel steering, for example. 
Westwood One Sports presents this special report on the 149th British Open, sponsored by Marcus by Goldman Sachs. Get a no-fee personal loan from Marcus by Goldman Sachs. Louis Oosthuizen led by two to begin the third round. That's the margin now with him on the back nine. Oosthuizen, 13 under par, another clean scorecard for Louis. No bogeys, two birdies through 10 holes. Jordan Spieth in solo second at 11 under. He dropped a shot at the par 3, 12th after his tee shot found a greenside bunker. Colin Morikawa alone in third at 9 under. Morikawa up and down round after his 64 on Friday. He's even today through 11 holes. Corey Connors and Dylan Fratelli 8 under. That's 5 back. Connors just wrapped up a 4 under 66. Fratelli is 1 under today through 11. Round of the day belongs to Robert McIntyre from Scotland. A 5 under 65. He's 4 under for the week. Dustin Johnson, 5 bogeys today. He's 2 under. I'm Ted Emmerich, Westwood One Sports. Marcus by Goldman Sachs offers personal loans with no fees ever. Banks offer coffee. So what's more important, a Marcus by Goldman Sachs loan with no fees that could help consolidate debt or bank coffee that tastes like bank coffee? You can money. Visit Marcus.com to learn more about saving, borrowing, and investing from Marcus by Goldman Sachs. Investing involves risk and investments may lose value. Brokerage and investment advisory services by Goldman Sachs and Company, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Lending and deposits products provided by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. The following message has been furnished by the PGA. Let's go play golf. There's something about this game. Golf brings us together no matter where or how you choose to play. From the course to your backyard or even online with friends. Play your way and let your swag show. Invite someone, give golf a go, and make it your thing. <laughs> Thank you for listening to 910 AM Superstation. The following program is pre-recorded and is not live. All callers and responses are from a previous broadcast. Intensely competitive, aggressive driver. Uh, where can people uh, see you here over the next year and maybe looking at a little bit? Well, I spend most of my time uh, social media-wise on Instagram at PL Motorsport. Um, it's been a great journey um, coming up on two decades as a factory driver and the only North American representative for Porsche. Right now I'm focused racing for uh, a team, Wright Motorsports, which is out of Batavia, Ohio, um, just outside of Cincinnati. And uh, yeah, we've gone through three races so far. We're about a third of the way through this season um, in IMSA in the WeatherTech Championship. And our next race will be the end of June here what what month is it covid head um coming out of um <laughs> yeah no no uh, no detroit grand prix weekend for you so uh, not not june in detroit no 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 detroit this year the um the full-time championship doesn't stop there because normally the proximity to Le Mans makes it difficult to make it a points running uh race but we'll be at uh, Watkins Glen in upstate New York at the end of June uh looking forward to the 6 hour which is kind of an iconic and classic race at a a track that's so storied all the way back from the days of, of Formula One and the USGP. Um, so looking forward to that and then the stretch really picks up into the summer as we sort of move through up into Road America, Wisconsin and then um, drifting back towards the West Coast and um, you know finishing up here in November at Road Atlanta Petit Le Mans. So um, having a lot of fun in my driving, also uh, having a lot of fun with Luftgekult which is a show that I produce uh, an air-cooled event that's more of a happening um an outdoor uh afternoon for families and 
Porsche and non-Porsche people to come and, and enjoy the enthusiasm and learn about the heritage of these cars, both race and street. And so we'll be in Indianapolis on September 10th, uh, a Friday afternoon in a great venue in town celebrating all things Porsche um, and looking forward to that. Sounds awesome. Patrick, thanks for joining us today. Looking forward to more track time this afternoon. Yeah, looking forward to it. It's, uh, it's hot and slippery, but um, these tires are up for it, so uh, we'll be pushing the mark a little harder. <laughs> if your laptop or desktop isn't working or needs updates, call All About Technology. We'll fix it. Call 313-218-4888. That's 313-218-4888. We're All About Technology. Hi, I'm Joan London with A Place for Mom. Over the years, we've helped thousands of families find senior care, and today's senior living communities have never been better. With amazing amenities like movie theaters, exercise rooms and swimming pools, public cafes, bars and bistros, even pet care services. And nobody understands your options like the advisors at A Place for Mom. These are local expert advisors that will partner with you to find the perfect place and determine the right level of care, whether that's just a helping hand or full-time memory care. Best of all, it's a free service. Call today, a place for mom. You know your family, we know senior living. Together, we'll make the right choice. Call a place for mom right now to get our free ebook on financing senior care as well as a free referral for senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-436-2907. That's 1-800-436-2907. Do you owe more than $10,000 to the IRS? If so, you may qualify for the IRS's Fresh Start Program. The Fresh Start Program is one of the biggest tax breaks the IRS has offered. Call Tax Group Center at 800-685-6150 to see if you qualify for the IRS's Fresh Start Program. Their team of tax experts and attorneys will get you the best tax settlement possible. Call 800-685-6150 now to learn if you qualify for the IRS's Fresh Start Program. Call Tax Group Center at 800-685-6150. 800-685-6150. Computer trouble? We can fix it. All About Technology is factory certified to service and repair all of your computer needs. Call us. 313-218-4888. That's 313-218-4888. We're All About Technology. You're on car radio with Henry Payne on the line with us. Cadillac Racing's program manager, Laura Clouser. How are things looking down there at Daytona Raceway? We've got a little bit of everything. The NASCAR scene, an XF1 driver, course IndyCar, and then the Insta crew that really take the machine and show everybody what it's made of. Talking to Jim Morrison, who is the Jeep brand chief. I'm happy to report that Grand Cherokee has been still the market leader for five years. We held the highest loyalty. The best car radio program in all of radio. And you can only get it here on 910 AM Superstation. 910, the Superstation. Detroit's only African-American talk radio. Uh, having a good day at the office. I am up in the Upper Peninsula uh, driving 315 horsepower VW Golf R's on ice. And I am joined by Tanner Faust, who is a well-known race car driver, but also a Volkswagen representative. How would you describe your relationship with VW? It's a race, I mean, racing Volkswagens, but it's turned into being a spokesperson and um, brand ambassador for the R Group in Germany and then Volkswagen of America. And, and the, the first time I actually met you was at the Andretti shop in Indianapolis. You were racing the 700 horsepower VW Beetle in the Rallycross series, 
um, which is a really great series. I think that's sort of on hold, right? Tell, tell us what's going on with Rallycross. Rallycross, well, I mean, it's a, it's a former racing's been around since like 67, but um, got popularity. If you, if you can imagine in your mind like a six to 800 horsepower Volvo bouncing off a grassy hillside and clashing into like an RS200 Ford and that sends a Peugeot off into like bleachers, that's Rallycross, the days of old. The modern version um, came to the U.S. in like 2011, 2012. It was Global Rallycross, GRC. It's changed names a few times, went to ARX um, last. and But with Volkswagen, we won the championship uh, five years in a row and um, had an incredibly successful run with the Beetle. I went 25 heats uh, without being beat beat in that beetle and it's um the kind of racing with rally crosses it's really fast acting the, the race are only three minutes long and so you do like uh qualifying heats kind of like supercross all day long and then you'd have a semi-final a last chance qualifier and then a main so as a spectator the races are super fast you can see the whole track from one seat i always kind of said it was kind of like the howard stern of motorsport where you sort of don't know what's going to happen next so you just can't take your eyes off it. There's a drag racing start. The cars go zero to 60 in 1.9 seconds. <laughs> That's pretty quick. There's jumps, there's dirt and pavement. And so I fell in love with the sport in Europe and then helped to bring it over to the US hmm. uh, with the help of the guy who was at the helm of Volkswagen. I was racing for Ford at the time. So also with um, guys at Ford. And um, it's uh, it, it did take a pause with COVID, but it's it's a perfect sport for electric racing. So I think that's where it's headed. Yeah, so we'll see electric rally cross racers next, and obviously VW is uh, headed there. Well, I, I want to talk more VW and Golf R's and electric and all that, but uh, let, let's wind the clock back. Just how this all began? How did you get into racing? Well, it was um, not the normal way, if there is a normal way. Um, for me, I was studying to be a doctor, and I was going to follow my family footsteps and was a pre-med major in Boulder, Colorado. I'd always loved driving. Um, don't have racers in my family. They're all doctors. <laughs> um, don't I uh, didn't understand the business of motorsport. I knew nothing about it except I loved driving and skiing. Those are the two things I loved. So in college, I got a job with an inventor who invented amusement rides, and I kind of got that entrepreneurial bug um, and <clears throat> just figuring out what's the most fun and figuring out how to make a living at it. And so I so so before college, you hadn't raced a car. You didn't come up through uh, barber schools and Formula Atlantic and all that sort of thing. I mean, having a barber school as like a gift or something would have been epic, but no, I never, I never had that exposure, and and I knew I was had enough humility to understand that motorsport was it, it, it was going to be, you know, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. I, I knew it was going to be a big undertaking, and I knew that the, my very first race, I would, I would know if I could learn it. If I could, if I had the ability to learn, it wasn't about learning it. I guess it was about having the ability to learn. And I got a uh, let's see the first. You know, when I worked for the inventor, um, I started looking into motorsport, and I ended up seeing a racetrack from an airplane in Denver. Uh, the inventor moved to Florida. I went and helped him build some amusement rides over there. Came back to Denver, and didn't want to live to live in Florida. I saw Second Creek Raceway outside of DIA in Denver, 
I drove there. I saw cars on the track from the airplane. Drove there. A guy came to kick me out because I was like standing on the side of the track. I ended up working out a deal with him to help him with some of his computer stuff and be a mechanic on his team in return for seat time in his cars. Wow. And I did that for eight months. And, and those cars were? Uh, spec Fords. So they're oh, Spec oh. Ford racers. Spec racer, SCCA Fords. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And uh, he also serviced Formula Mazdas. And so uh, eight months of being the worst freaking mechanic you've ever met. I'd like <laughs> They literally would always say in the shop, you know, do it fast enough so I have time to do it over again. But it was, uh, you know, great also to learn the mechanics of the cars and learn the driver, t you know, um, technician interaction and that side of it. But I got a license out of it and, and then uh, found another guy who, who offered a scholarship of 10 races for $3,500 and then you paid for tires. It was a super, uh, um, Jim Christian was his name, and it was a super fortunate thing to get his kind of rookie scholarship. Was that still Spec Racer Ford? Still, still yeah. in Spec Racer Ford. Yeah, yeah. which is a, a very competitive class. I mean, uh, just tents separate drivers there. It was. A, it's a great. It's a great class. I think, especially at the club level, um, because the cars are very, very similar, and it's a it's a test of momentum and really thinking ahead to make a pass. Yeah. Um, I think when you got into some of the pro races, uh, those motors were sealed motors, and if if somebody got a sniff that somebody had a really fast motor, then they'd offer them a ton of money for it and have a couple horsepower advantage, which in spec Ford was everything. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I did really enjoy that racing, and uh, but also learned how expensive motorsport was very quickly. Which a lot of people when they get into it, when they come off the couch and think, you know what, I'm going to be a racer, mm -hmm. they they get into it and and they make some valuable steps towards that career by getting into the industry somehow at whatever level. But then it costs millions. You know, yeah. it's not thousands; it's millions, and yeah. it's like crazy, stupid, silly money. Well, a lot, a lot of doctors become racers late in life. <laughs> they do, they do, and then they um, and they sit and they club race, and it becomes, you know, a, a side thing. And at that time, I really was thinking that I, I've got five years to figure out if I can make a living at this, hmm. like get paid to hold a steering wheel. And I had run into a couple things and in, people in the industry, and I've gotten got some good advice. But one of the uh, one of the Formula Mazdas on the team, actually, I saw Bridgestone Winter Driving School written on the side of it as a logo. And one of the instructors from that ice driving school was driving a car. Um, and so I ended up working out a job up at the ice driving school in the winter, and that really kind of got the ball rolling, to hmm. be honest. Yeah. So you see, you, you wanted to race, but you could supplement it uh, uh, doing entrepreneurial stuff on the side, which you are essentially still doing today. Yeah, it's always been a it's always been a business for me. Yeah. Um, I didn't come in with anything, so um, I, I got a job in the winter. Uh, at Westwood One Sports presents this special report on the 149th British Open, sponsored by Marcus by Goldman Sachs. Get a no-fee personal loan from Marcus by Goldman Sachs. Third round at Royal St. George's, Louis Oosthuizen still in the lead at 12 under. He nearly dropped to his knees after missing an 8-foot birdie putt at the 12th. He's had a few makeable birdies go begging today. Oosthuizen one under for the round through 12 holes. Jordan Spieth one back at 11 under. 
after a brilliant par save at the 12th. He was in the rough off the tee, hacked it out beyond the green, and then two-putted for his par. Colin Morikawa, 9-under in his Open Championship debut. He's three-back. Morikawa in the final pairing with Ustazen. He is even par through 12. Corey Connors in the clubhouse at 8-under. Dylan Fratelli is also 8-under. John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler are 7-under. That's 5-back. Rahm curved in a birdie at 17. He's trying to win back-to-back majors. He's still in it. I'm Ted Emmerich, Westwood One Sports. Oh, come on! Four! There it is. In golf, the right adjustments can make all the difference. We feel the same way about financial planning. With Fidelity Wealth Management, your dedicated advisor will work with you to create a personalized plan for your full financial picture. And as your needs change, they'll help you make adjustments so you can stay on target. Learn more at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. The following message has been furnished by the PGA. Let's go play golf. There's something about this game. Golf brings us together no matter where or how you choose to play. From the course to your backyard or even online with friends. Play your way and let your swag show. Invite someone, give golf a go, and make it your thing. <laughs> Thank you for listening to 910 AM Superstation. The following program is pre-recorded and is not live. All callers and responses are from a previous broadcast. And, and I fell in love with talking about it, too, um, where, I, you know, public speaking was my biggest fear before that. But cars, I love talking cars. Hmm. And so that's, that's when I, I got into rally racing. Um, I got a Subaru dealership to buy a, a used rally car, and we went rally racing in, in the U.S., and that's also when drifting came to the U.S., which an ice driving background turned out to be kind of perfectly suited for. Well, yeah, so this is really your meat and potatoes. This uh, the rally cross are out here, uh, ice racing, ice driving, these golf R's. This, this is really what you love. Well, yeah, right here in, you know, Sault Ste. Marie's is taking it back, that's for sure, because um, when I worked at that ice driving school in Steamboat, um, I, that kind of got me kick-started into, you know, for the next eight years I did drifting, uh, for the next eight years, I also did rally, and that, that kind of rally at the time was stage rally when you're mm -hmm. out in the forest, you know, with a co-driver and everything. Mm -hmm. Not very popular in the U.S., um, but drifting was gaining popularity, and drifting was considered at the time, if you remember this, it was considered like a lifestyle, not a motorsport. So you'd have the marketing director of the tire company there, not the motorsport director. Mm -hmm. The marketing director holds the whole bucket of water, and the motorsport director gets a drop. So it was. It, it, they wanted to change the image of their company, and that's expensive. They wanted to lower the mean age of their buyer, which is expensive. Yeah. So the real money was really coming into drifting, and the real contacts were there. And I knew enough about the business of motorsport at that point from Pikes Peak that um, that that was a thing to hold on to. And so I got into drifting, won the championship a couple times, learned a lot, made a lot of contacts, learned a lot about that business, and. But incidentally, while I was working at the ice driving school, was out here teaching engineers uh, car control yeah. um, as a program that I'd sold to um, various manufacturers. So I'd come up here two weeks, two or three weeks out of the winter and do a whole program to certify engineers to test 
you know, car control systems. Yeah. Just because sliding on ice is fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I had no idea. Yeah, you're, you're, you're really back home here in the Upper Peninsula. <laughs> <laughs> As we're standing in the rain for eight hours, I don't know if I would say that. <laughs> so, so, um, uh, to, so to pivot to a Volkswagen, why are we up here uh, driving a Volkswagen Golf R? I mean, a sensational on-road uh, vehicle. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge hot hatch fan. First car I ever owned was a, a VW GTI. Uh, what are we doing here with the Golf R? Well, I, the, I know the reason you're here for the Golf R. They're, they're one of the main reasons I'm here with the Golf R is the guy who started our rallycross program, Yos Capito, who's a real racer at heart. He was running the R program, and so he uh, got me involved in the R group as an ambassador and technical consultant. So I've done some development help and some validating on some of the technology in the Golf R. Mm. And so that's one of the reasons I'm here with this with this program. And it's um, there's some tech that you always want to be in a car, but it's either too expensive, it's not reliable enough or whatever to get in there. And, and now things, I don't know, where the leap happened, but the leap from the Mark 7 to the Mark 8 is technologically and dynamically uh, a huge jump. Um, things that are that sound like you know black magic, like uh, like torque vectoring and things like that. Things that the future of performance cars it's going to become a staple, um, but now is still fresh. Is done so well in this car, and so I. Uh, I'm happy that one of the best ways to feel it is on the ice and snow. Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily exiting a corner at 100 miles an hour, but um, just making the mistake sometimes of turning and accelerating at the same time and then feeling that, that uh, when you're at the limit, which the ice and snow, the beautiful thing about ice and snow is you're always at the limit. Mm -hmm. On the racetrack, if you're really pushing it, you're at the limit. Or in an emergency, you may be at the limit. But it's really rare that driving down the road you're more than 30% of you know using that much of the grip yeah uh, so when you're at the limit the torque vectoring is a more effective way to change the direction of the car than the steering wheel mm -hmm. and um, so feeling that out on the ice and snow and having journalists that are going to be telling that tech story to the world um, it's a it, it's a great honor for me it's a great thing too because the tech works and it's easy to feel Mm -hmm. Like a lot of these, I'm sure you've been to, they'd be like, did, did you did you feel it right then? And you're like, <laughs> uh, not really. You know, it's something that they're talking about. But something like this, you can't help but um, realize that this is a big step in performance. And, and, and the Nürburgring, which is kind of the staple time, it's 19 seconds faster than the previous generation. So it's not just something you feel. It actually makes a difference on the track. Yeah, yeah, that's an extraordinary gain uh, from one generation to the next. Um, uh, last uh, question for you. Um, long before I ever met you, I, I loved a, sh a, a show, a TV show that you did with Paul Tracy. Uh, and I know there are a lot of listeners uh, to this show, who, to, to this program, who remember that show. Um, it was, it was, to my mind, is still one of the great shows out there. Uh, beats Jeremy Clarkson and, and uh, his his crew. Uh, talk about a little that a little bit. How how did that come together? Uh, how did how how did you find that spark with Paul Tracy? Well, I'd been doing some shows with um, on Speed Channel and with uh, and and the latest one was called Supercars Exposed, where we basically just took out fast cars, slid them around, had some fun with them, drove them the way that you you 
really felt like they wanted to be driven. Then um, guy Bobby Aiken at Speed Channel is like, hey, why don't we get two of you out there and you guys can race these supercars against each other? We'll get... And I was thinking, the, sure. the, this is the Bob Aiken, the, yeah. the sports racer. Who's no longer with us, but... Oh, no, no. Oh, different no, no, no. Bob Aiken. Bobby, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah this is uh, Bobby Aiken. He's at... Um, he was a, a programmer for Speed okay. Channel. Okay. Um, so uh, he said, hey, let's get Paul Tracy out there. And I was thinking, Paul Tracy, Jesus, I mean, this is like, come on, we're just playing around here. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, I was a fan. I knew who he was. I knew he was re he's got reputations on and off the track. And it turned out to be the easiest show ever to do. Uh, we, uh, we would just show up. Producers would come up with two bizarre cars to pit against each other. We had the same tests every time, 0 to 100 uh, or top speed down a runway. We did a very cool tie-in with military so that we could use the runways, and, and we would tell a little story about the military, like going out to Beale Air Force Base and chasing the U-2 you know, uh, planes down and, and some cool stuff. But then the, the interaction between Paul and I was easy. They would just... Paul would be Paul. He'd be like, whatever, Tanner's some drifting, I don't even know his last name, <laughs> and I'm going to kick his ass. And then, you know, the, the, the guy, you know, they'd say, hey, say something about Paul's hair. He'd be like, yeah, Paul's hair is really gray, and he's losing most of it. And, they, and then they would go drive cars, and that was it. It was like the easiest show in the world. And, um, I mean, I, I knew Paul was a pure racer one time when there was a guy there with a Lamborghini, and we were doing like a, a how fast you could go in a mile, standing mile, and and I could hear this thing missing going down the runway, and Paul just he never lifted off the firewall. He was pinned the whole time. It's missing and spitting and punning, and you know blew the thing to bits. Like literally, I still have a paperweight <laughs> of the side of a, the cylinder that had like a little Lamborghini bull on it that shot out of the side of the car. And, um, you know, it's like, yeah, I just couldn't, it just wouldn't go any faster. It just kept bucking and bucking. It didn't matter how hard I pushed on the gas. And I was just like, man, that is, this is what you, this is why drivers have a bad reputation for like <laughs> damaging stuff. The thing's spitting fire and he's just leaning into the gas. But we had a great time doing the show. We talked about doing it again a couple of years later. Um, Top Gear came along and, and derailed that. But, you know, you never know. Paul, Paul's always down to do fun stuff. So. <laughs> do you, you keep in touch with him? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, every once in a while we throw a couple texts or if there's a funny meme comes along, send it. But um, And then whenever I do get a chance to, you know, racing for Andretti, I'd go to some of the indie races. And uh, him being a broadcaster, I'd catch up with them then. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, it would be fun to work again together again soon, I think. Yeah, yeah I'd love to see that. Well, Tanner, uh, thanks for the time today and, uh, and thanks for the tips. Uh, on ice racing, I uh, learned a lot out there today and look forward to seeing you again down the road. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right, this is Henry Payne with 910 AM, the Superstation, sitting over Niagara Falls in uh, Canada and uh, here for the unveil of the all-new Porsche Taycan, the first electric car uh, that Porsche has built. And I'm uh, talking with Evo Van, uh, Von Hilton, who is the Director of Interior Design for Porsche and for the uh, Porsche Taycan in particular, since that's the car we're checking out today. Evo, congratulations on the car, it's a beautiful thing. Thanks a lot. So, um, we, we've, we've been looking at the interior, or the, or the exterior I should say, uh, I feel like since 2015, when the uh, concept car was introduced, but obviously as you go to production, 
interior becomes its own animal. People ultimately, they, this car can look as beautiful as it is, but you have to live with the car every day. Uh, and talk about the challenges as you launch an electric line. What are the what are the challenges uh, to designing an interior for an electric car? Well, I think there's so many challenges. It's the most hard where to start. Let's start really let's say top down. I think the biggest challenge for this interior has to feel like it's a third world. So it's like sort of like right balance you have to find. You want to be really modern. Push the boundaries, but on the other side you want those to push to what are men. So there we have to find a. Right way to do so. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a key point. I mean, uh, Tesla's made news for these very spare, simple interiors, particularly in the Model Three. But that's a that's a brand that's still getting its feet. You guys have a lot of history, uh, and, and so there's there's a lot of uh, there, there's a lot of legacy that comes with an interior like this, beginning with getting into the car. And there's a push button on the left side. Which is traditional for for, uh, for Porsches going back to the race car. Yeah, starting the engine yeah. on that side. Yeah, but there's some other references to our car. So many you could say when we design entry, also we say the drivers because we design a with low risk. So that means if you get in our influence, you have to see that. So. For us, it was clear that we wanted to give the driver this only role. So we made, for example, this freestanding driver display. And it's actually also referring to the first one a lot. It's wider for steering wheel. It's curved. We had to do a couple of patterns and find new ways to also technically make it, make it possible the way it came out. So it's freestanding. And maybe we have re reflections on the windshield. We have to put a stabilization folder on and everything. Because it's curved? Because it's Christian, because there's no pinnacle on top. So normally you have something that prevents like this. And here we, we wanted to make it stand out so that you see new technologies in order to feature that. And we also have like incorporated, I would say, like, a digital real that we wanted to do in a different way than our competition. So we didn't want to put it on one place. So we said, and that's also typical for our brand, we want to do it in an integrated way. So let's say it's being forced in a horizontal band, which is very three-dimensional. So that is our new speed, and we incorporated that to the dashboard. Yeah, it is very futuristic. Westwood One Sports presents this special report on the 149th British Open, sponsored by Prevagen. Prevagen is the most recommended memory support brand by pharmacists. Heading through the back nine in the third round off Sandwich Bay, Mother Nature isn't wreaking havoc. The sun is shining in the early evening, not much wind, but much more challenging hole locations today to go with a firmer course overall. Louis Oosthuizen bogeys the 13th hole. His second bogey in the last two holes. He's now in a tie for the lead at 11 under. Jordan Spieth is also 11 under. Spieth three under in the third round through 13 holes. Colin Morikawa buries a long birdie at 13. The PGA champion from last year is 10 under, one back. Corey Connors at 8 under. That's 3 off the lead. Connors with a 4 under 66 today. Dylan Fratelli on the course is at 8 under overall. John Rahm, Mackenzie Hughes, Scotty Scheffler at 7 under. And at 6 under, Cameron Smith and Justin Harding. I'm Ted Emmerich, Westwood 1. I'm Greg. I'm 68 years old. I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. 
majoring in business administration. I do motivational speaking in addition to substitute teaching. Part of the reason for my motivational speaking is um, I kind of feel like I have a calling or giving back to the younger generation. You know, the golden rule is do unto others, you'd have them do unto you. My wife, Wanda, is a um, senior flight attendant. She's been flying for over 30 years. We do laugh quite a bit. I think most adults will start realizing that they don't recall things as quickly as they used to or they don't remember things as vividly uh, as they once did. I've been taking Prevagen for about three years now. People say to me periodically, man, you got a memory like an elephant. <laughs> it's really, really helped me tremendously. Prevagen, healthier brain, better life. Greg Fraley is a paid testimonialist and real Prevagen user. Based on a clinical study of subgroups of individuals who were cognitively normal or mildly impaired, this product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Thank you for listening to 910 AM Superstation. The following program is pre-recorded and is not live. All callers and responses are from a previous broadcast. So that's so there's actually a split in, in, the, in the battery department. Yeah, that is basically the trick that we, that we applied here. And that gave us the opportunity. You can see this electric car normally. There's this big skateboard with no batteries, with no, no place for the feet. So it makes your machine higher. And here we said we want to have this course called Autumn. That is our USB, and that's how we developed that. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that's... Uh, yeah, it, it certainly works for me in my big uh, size 15 feet. You, 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 uh, you compare the, uh, the dimensions, the exterior dimensions of this car to a Porsche Panamera, which is the other sedan you make, and uh, the Panamera is a bigger car. It's, uh, I think it has uh, three, three more inches of wheelbase, uh, five more inches of length, and yet the interior proportions, I think, from this car are very similar to Panamera. Are they not in general, there's one big difference. I mean, the Panamera is playing in the D class, so it's our most luxury car that we have. And this is in the C class, so it's one class below that. But still, you know, there's a lot of features that we also have in the D class, so it's quite a bit Wow. But sitting, sitting in the back seat, I feel like I have as much room, maybe more than the Panamera in the back seat. Well, the exact measurements I think it's a, 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 a dramatic tweet. Yeah, no, it's, it's a nice fit inside. Um, uh, also, uh, in terms of electric cars, um, you have new electronics in this car. Uh, do you have the capability to update this car over the air? Like this with a really clean sheet car to, to, be, to be innovative. Um, you, you, you see this car being a halo car in terms of design. We're going to see other design elements of this car elsewhere in the lineup. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of elements and things that also inspire us internally. Just to give you an example, also, you know, the, the choices that we made, when it's about like foreign prints, right? Different kind of uh, uh, lines that you can order for the customer. Like this, this is the first car, Porsche. Normally we have our classic leather things, but here we have two more things. So we have like a, a sustainable leather. <laughs> But we also have a completely leather feet, we never open So I'm sure that this kind of work will work because we now introduced it like a little somehow return in our other car, step by step. Yeah. Yeah. So for sure we will be inspired and there's other elements that we will see in our future car line. The uh, different than a lot of electric cars, uh, this has two charging ports. Uh, has a de uh, an AC port on the uh, left side, the driver's side, and on the passenger side, it has an AC-DC port. In, in terms of uh, packaging, you mentioned you have a front up front, but uh, are, 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 uh, what were the challenges for you as an interior designer uh, as, as you added new hardware like, like uh, plugs on the exterior? Does that cramp your style at all? Well, yeah, I mean, there was so many, as I said, like challenges for us. And, and our main focus was that at the end, you know, the customer, or maybe unfortunately, seeing the fans around that drive this car. And, and, and you know, these people, they have to feel comfortable using the car every day. So we always try to get in their skin and, and look around and see what can we improve, how can we, you know, like, how do you operate the system, where do you put what button, what makes sense, and then you want to include it, but still you want to make sure that it's like a drive so it's a sports car. So you make different choices, as when you say it's like just a normal commuter car, it's not, it's a sports car, right? So that's why we have different priorities, but yeah, that, that's where we try to play a big role in the development and challenge some of the things that we do in yeah. Well, it's a spectacular car. It's great to see in the flesh. Uh, Evo Von Hilton, interior chief for the Porsche Taycan. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Get a computer for only 200 bucks. Call All About Technology now. And if the laptop or desktop you already have isn't working, get it fixed today. Call 313-218-4888. That's 313-218-4888. We're All About Technology. You've got big dreams, but you've got big responsibilities, too. At Detroit Public Schools Community District, we believe it's never too late to continue learning. That's why we've partnered with Detroit at Work to provide an enhanced adult education program that is free and flexible. DPSCD can help you get your GED or high school diploma while learning critical workforce skills. DPSCD's enhanced adult education program is designed to build your future and help you land a good-paying job. Please visit DetroitAtWork.com. 40 million. That's the number of free phones still available and the number of how many Americans can still get prescriptions free. Free could be wonderful. That's why I'm still working at 77 years old to pay off my prescriptions. I needed to have a, a prescription filled and I had to leave because I couldn't afford it. Call now and see what's available for you. Free prescriptions. Over 10 million people get prescriptions free and the program has expanded so another 40 million can. Free dental. Over 15,000 dentists have provided over $330 million in free dental work. Free cell phones. 
40 million free cell phones are still available with free minutes and more. Free cell phone would change my life right now because it's something I cannot afford to get. Medical supplies like back braces, knee braces, and diabetic supplies may be covered too. The free RX Plus hotline has saved callers over $12 million on their prescription costs. These free programs are now available to 40 million more people. Call now. The day you lose your strength is the day you lose your independence. Muscle is lost with age, affecting your energy, balance, and mobility. Before you know it, you're depending on others just to get through the day. But you can reverse and prevent muscle loss. Introducing MyoHealth, a revolutionary proven approach to increased muscle strength and function in as little as 30 days. Live life on your terms with more energy and confidence. After a serious health issue put me down, MyoHealth's getting me back up again. I'm doing activities that I haven't done for a long time. It really works. MyoHealth is a safe, natural dietary supplement. The result of decades of research and 24 human clinical studies. You can live stronger at any age with greater strength, mobility, balance, and energy. Call or go online now and take the MyoHealth 30-Day Strength Challenge. Every home needs a computer in this new age of technology. Get a computer for only 200 bucks. Can't beat that price. Call All About Technology now at 313-218-4888. That's 313-218-4888. We're All About Technology. You're struggling with your mortgage. You think about it. You don't do anything but think about it. What are we going to do if we lose the house? Where are we going to go? At work. I can't let anybody find out. I'm so embarrassed. At dinner. How can I tell the kids? It's going to wreck their lives. And at 3 o'clock in the morning. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get through this. What's going to happen to us? It's time to stop thinking. It's time to start dialing. Call 1-888-995-HOPE for a free government program that offers expert one-on-one -on -one advice about your mortgage options. I'm all alone. No, you're not. We've helped over a million homeowners, and we want to help you. And now there are more ways to help. Call 1-888-995-HOPE or visit makinghomeaffordable.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Treasury, HUD, and the Ad Council. 40 million. That's the number of free phones still available and the number of how many Americans can still get prescriptions free. Free could be wonderful. That's why I'm still working at 77 years old to pay off my prescriptions. I needed to have a, a prescription filled and I had to leave because I couldn't afford it. Call now and see what's available for you. Free prescriptions. Over 10 million people get prescriptions free and the program has expanded so another 40 million can. Free dental. Over 15,000 dentists have provided over 330 million dollars in free dental work. Free cell phones. 40 million free cell phones are still available with free minutes and more. Free cell phone would change my life right now because it's something I cannot afford to get. Medical supplies like back braces, knee braces, and diabetic supplies may be covered too. The free RX Plus hotline has saved callers over $12 million on their prescription costs. These free programs are now available to 40 million more people. Call now. Listen up, America. Are you or a loved one suffering with an addiction to alcohol, opiates, prescription painkillers, or...